favorites. Hi, this is Zach Galifianakis. You're listening to Easy Listening Jazz Favorites. Okay. Hi, this is Zach Galifianakis. You're listening to KUCI Irvine 88.9. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Thanks for listening to me, ZBZ, here Thursdays at 8.30 a.m. You're listening to Our Digital Future, and today we have a very special guest. We've got librarian, archivist, all-around great person, Rakshana Singh, preservation manager from Visual Communications. They're located in Little Tokyo. Are you there? Hello. Hi, this is Rakshana. I'm here. Thanks for calling in. I'm so excited to have you share about what, what got you to where you are and what you're doing now for the community. And you're you work for Visual Communications, which is a nonprofit since 1970, correct? Yes, that's correct. And I see that um, from your website, everybody can go to vconline.org along with me and see. Um, you have a MLIS from UCLA and an Asian American Studies MA. And how, how did you get into Asian American Studies along with your M- Master's of Library Information Science? I actually came to um, the Asian American Studies program first. Um, um, you know, when I was applying for graduate school in UCLA, and I was um, thinking to do, you know, more of an academic um, program and study and um, do research and write a thesis and all of that. And um, along the way, I was also interested in becoming a librarian, and that was something that. Um, I became interested in when I was uh, in college, and um, so I was really excited to see that they had, that they offered both programs there. So I just, um, I did both of the programs somewhat separately, somewhat connected. There wasn't a formal articulated degree program at that, or a formal joint program rather at that time. So I had to do, to be a little creative in how I kind of piece the programs together. But, um, but that's what I did, and it took me uh, three years to finish both of the master's degrees at UCLA. Well, that must have really helped you place um, into your current position right after graduation. Um, how did that process go for you? Yeah, it was really, um, I mean, VC is a really unique place, and I'm really, I feel very lucky that, I've been able to, um, you know, utilize both of my degrees and and all of those interests that I have because it's it's quite rare to find a place that has um, that has a focus like an archival focus on um, Asian American material. And the only other place that I know is the Asian American Studies uh, Center Library at UCLA. And so. Um, so it's really rare. It's a really rare opportunity. And um, I think that it's, um, it's working out really well. I mean, I do, I do kind of draw on um, my background in, in both degree programs. And I think more than anything else, it's helpful to have gone through the Asian American Studies program and just kind 
kind of know the people who are around UCLA, I mean, around LA rather, and be involved in that community. And um, I think that that, um, just having, being a part of that network um, is really, is really useful in terms of the work that I'm doing because VC has been, you know, situated in, in that community uh, for a long time. And, and over the years, we've been work with various Asian American organizations, you know, throughout Los Angeles and the greater LA area. So um, just having been around for a while, I think that it, it just helps to kind of um, like build those relationships and that sense of community and people are happy that I'm there at VC. Um, and that they already know me and, and can, you know, kind of um, feel comfortable using me as a resource and using DC as a resource. And you guys have a film festival you help with every year? Yeah, we have um, the Los Angeles Asian Pacific Film Festival, and it's been around for over 20 years. And the way that it started was as a way to present Asian American film. So BC was involved heavily in the in film production in its early years in the 70s, and um, and then also in education, you know, in teaching people how to do these to make films themselves. And so the other part of that equation was trying to create a venue where the film could actually be seen, you know, by a wider audience. Um, so the so the Film Festival started and it's grown. You know, I think it started in the 80s. And uh, now, you know, we've screened hundreds of films and it's a 10-day-long event. And we bring, up, bring in a lot of staff to help out with that event because it is such a huge undertaking. So um, it's a really great event. And in terms of the archive, after the Film Festival is over, all of the films that were screened, um, the screener copies go into the archives, so then we're sort of building this really great resource for Asian American film, and also films that come out of Asia as well, um, that people can come and view that and research it and, and you know, kind of look for films there. So, um, so that's part of how the, the archive is connected to the film festival, and it's a good resource. So if people go on your website, vconline.org, they can contact you to make an appointment as a researcher to view the films? Yeah, they can. They can. That's basically what they would do. And we are, you know, looking to create a greater online presence that people can become aware of what our holdings are before they come to the office. Um, but that's sort of a long-term project, you know, in terms of being able to put any kind of listings online of what we have or to put um, digital photos or any of our moving images online because right now the, the main way to use the archive is by appointment only um, since we don't really have um, kind of public hours and we don't really have the demand for you know having kind of like an open set schedule but we're very flexible and um, and open to anyone who wants to, to use the material, even if it's just viewing a film that you want to see. So uh, what you would need to do is just contact me. That's great. The resource for the community and anyone interested in um, Asian American studies as well. And even just film to see anything from back then in the 70s, you have um, all types of film um, formats that you're currently working on digitizing, correct? 
Yes, we have. Um, when BC first started, they were primarily shooting on film. So all of our, um, you know, film content, we actually keep at the Academy Archives for a long-term preservation and cold storage. And then from there, we have material on video format, everything from three-quarter inch thematic to high eight, beta cam, DV cam, mini DV. And then now we have visual format. So we have, um, you know, our collections really represent the last 30 plus years in, in media production. Um, and so it's, it is a, a huge undertaking in trying to digitize our holdings. And that's part of, part of the work that I'm doing. And right now we're starting with the three quarter inch schematic case because those are most in need of preservation. So we, um, we've worked on maybe like a couple of hundred of those thus far and we have several hundred more to go. <laughs> So it's, it's a really, it's really um, kind of time and labor-intensive process in terms of doing the digitizing work. But what we're hoping to do is really save that content for future generations and, uh, you know, so they even have the opportunity to view it. And then also putting it in a digital format will make it easier for us to, you know, post it online or do various things with that material that we couldn't do previously when it was stuck on the page. So that, that's a, a huge focus of the work that I'm doing there. And that's also a great opportunity for intern and volunteer experience if anyone's listening in library school or I'm sure all types come down to help out. Yeah, we get a lot of volunteers since I've been there. I've almost always had a volunteer or an intern um, to help do some of the preservation work. And um, that's been really helpful because... Right now, I'm the only staff person assigned to doing that type of work, and it's it's great to um, you know to get the energy and the enthusiasm and the skills of students coming out of the library school programs, and we also get undergraduate interns as well who are just interested in that type of work. Um, so we're we're very open to, um, to undergraduate students, to graduate students from folks with library school backgrounds, but also, you know, other um, students from other disciplines that might be interested in, in contributing in that way. And um, it's been really heartening to see how much interest there is in the archives because it's probably one of one of the programs that at BC that get a lot of interns and a lot of interest. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's really great to see. That's actually how I heard about you as former former intern. You had the UCI archivist, the current um, new one here, Audra. She's also from UCLA's MLIS program, and she mentioned how great it was. I think she was working on the photos and how um, it was a great nonprofit in Little Tokyo, and that really inspired me to get in contact with you too. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. I mean, BC has because we've been around for so long. There's so many people who have come through the doors that you see, you know, as interns, as volunteers, as aspiring filmmakers, as staff. So it's a great community to be a part of. And um, and that is how, you know, a lot of people hear about us and get referred to us. And um, and and that's, I think that's part of what makes this a, you know, enjoyable place to work and makes it rewarding is, is interacting with all of the, of the different um, folks that come through. And I want to remind everyone we're listening to Rakshana Singh, the preservation manager at 
visual communications. And just from your, your website, vconline.org, I see your mission and history pages, so everybody knows what visual communications also known as VC, is the first nonprofit organization in the nation dedicated to the honest and accurate portrayals of the Asian Pacific American peoples, communities, and heritage through the media arts. So I think that's great service you guys are doing and a great location for it as well right there. Yeah, VC has been, um, you know, the, the motivation for why VC began was really to... Um, you know, to create images by and for um, Asian Americans in response to, you know, all of the, the kind of racist stereotypical images that had been so dominant throughout U.S. history. And so it was, um, you know, really an effort to kind of create our own media, create our own images, and um, create our own narratives about ourselves. And... Um, was a really powerful thing, you know, that the VC founders started doing, and I don't think they realized at that time what a huge impact they made and how far it would go. And so VC's work has really evolved from starting in doing film production, but the, the mission has always stayed true to to that intent. Um, and so, you know, all the work that we do now is still kind of rooted in the, that original ideas and, and feelings and motivations that the, the people who started VC had. Um, but the work has just changed throughout the years. Inevitably, you know, for an organization that's been around for over 40 years. Um, but, uh, you know, part of the work that VC did as well during that time was to create, you know, edu educational curriculum for children so that they would have, you know, different types of materials that they could learn from. Um, and then we also did a lot of work with community organizations, uh, just sort of doing documentation of their events and um, helping them do media and graphic design. And a lot of those, a lot of those um, types of skills and tools were not as available back then as they are now. So VC was really instrumental in, in trying to um, you know, disseminate some of those skills throughout various community organizations and to also be a resource for those organizations. That's true that, that back then it was definitely needed, which we take for granted now since we see um, everything improved slightly. Um, in film and media, for my undergrad here at UCI, we had to watch a lot of uh, film archived uh, commercials and everything from the late 60s, early 70s, and definitely what were some pretty racist commercials even for jello right yeah and i mean it's still not to say that everything is better now you know there's still that work that needs to be done and and you would be surprised you know if it, even at the types of images that we see now or the types of things that people say in media so if there's still very much a need you know for there to be different voices represented in the media and um, a lot of VC's work now in terms of filmmaking is supporting, you know, emerging filmmakers and new artists who are doing both documentaries and narrative films um, for them to get their work out there and to be a resource for them, um, you know, just to, just to kind of um, counter the invisibility of, of Asian Americans in 
the United States and to have a way for people to, to tell their own stories. Um, and then, you know, with the archival work, we're, we're, um, we have so much material from VC's production days that that's primarily what we're working on. But uh, whenever, whenever um, the filmmakers that we're working with make something new as part of one of our educational programs, all that material also goes into the archives. So it's kind of a loop in terms of, you know, creating um, the, the content and documenting it as well and preserving it. And I see people can get a hold of um, VC through Facebook and Twitter and your film your Los Angeles Asian Pacific Film Festival is around May, correct? Yeah, it's starting May 10th. This year it's May 10th through the 20th, and usually it's um, at the end of April, beginning of May, so we've pushed it back a couple of um, weeks this year, and that's one of our biggest events, um, and it's probably, I guess, what, what some people know us for. Other people know us for the work that we were doing um, you know, all the education work and community work and film production. But the, the film festival is definitely our most visible event. So it's it's a good way for people to just get to learn a little bit about VC and to see some great films and, um, you know, get connected with people in that community. So it's coming up and, and there's, you know, opportunities to be a part of that, to come to the film festival and also to volunteer at the film festival if anyone is interested in doing that. Well, and it's great to know that there's so many diverse positions available for professionals in the library information science field. And um, I'm really happy that you're a preservation manager and that you have a, a specific Asian American Studies master's. It makes me feel like I should go get a second master's as well, looking for positions right now. And anyone can be a library information specialist, no matter what your your subject specialty is, such as yourself or any, anyone even getting a a Latin master's. I know someone from your program did that and now works in an archive with Brazilian films and things like that. Mm-hmm. And what, really, I'm sorry, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I was going to say also what made you go towards library science in, as opposed to maybe being a professor or just doing other types of work with your master's of Asian American studies? Yeah, I mean, I think that I guess in response to, to your first um, kind of comment or question there is that is, it is helpful to have a second master's degree in terms of working with really specialized collections. The The difficult thing about it is that those those collections are so rare. You know, maybe there's a few in the country. So it would be, you're really looking to work at one of those. And for me, I didn't even know that I would ever get to go, com, combine my degrees in that way and find a place where I could really draw on both of them at the same time. So I think I think sometimes it's really good to, it is good to have that second master's degree if you have a very specific goal in mind, or if you're just interested in the subject, or if you just have it anyway, you know, because with a lot of um, librarians um, who have a very specialized subject field, a lot of times they have that prior to getting the MLIS or they were doing work in that area or interested in that area prior to getting to MLIS. And then they found an opportunity to maybe use that subject knowledge in um, concert with their MLIS degree. So I, that's the way that I've seen it happen in my experience. So it's, um, 
uh, you know, it's useful to have, but it, it's also, I think, beneficial to you if you're already just really interested in that subject in the case that you can't get a job, you know, where you're combining everything in the way that you want to, just because of the scarcity of those types of institutions. Um, and then I guess for me, in terms of becoming a librarian, it was, it was something I always thought about and was interested in, even when I was young. And um, I guess, you know, my interest started, as a lot of people's interest started, in just really liking libraries and, you know, being very much into books and reading and having a positive interaction and experience with libraries. Um, and then when I got to college, you know, I learned a lot more about the profession and um, and some of the, like, principles of just having access to open access to information and um, you know all of that really appealed to me and especially academic librarianship appealed to me because I, I just thought it was really interesting and intellectually stimulating in a way that I could be involved in education you know without necessarily being um, a teacher directly involved in being a teacher or professor but still um, contributing you know to ed- educational enterprise so um, that's kind of how I got involved in doing, doing the um, MLIS and places like VC um, are really are really a great fit for me um, because I've also you know been involved in, in labor and community organizing and activism and so places like VC or other another place where I work, this in California Library, they really combine all of those types of interests that I have. So that um, that I think is has really been like a rare opportunity for me to be involved in those places and I I feel lucky that I've been able to find them. Yeah it's a perfect fit for for your background Mm -hmm. and everything and you said Mm -hmm. you work also where was that Southern California Library? Yeah the Southern California Library it's a social justice library here in Los Angeles and it's um, somewhat similar to BC in that it's been around for a really long time Um, it's been around since the McCarthy era, that's when it was founded. And um, there's a lot of just movement history there. There's a lot of labor history, um, stuff on civil liberties. Um, there's, you know, things on like the black nationalist movement in the United States. So there's lots of different social movements that happen in LA that are represented in those in the holdings there. And it, it's a huge archive. It's, you know, it's mostly paper um, versus VC, which is, you know, primarily audiovisual but the the holdings are really vast and and it's it's also a great resource in LA that then not a lot of people necessarily know about. Where is that located? Um, that's it's on um, Vermont, six one two zero Vermont, sixty first in Vermont, um, in South Los Angeles. We could probably Google their website. So everybody should yeah. check out Southern California Library. Yeah, it's www.socallib.org with two L's. And then VC's website is www.vconline.org. Oh, yeah, I see the socallib.org where it says this documents, preserves, and provides access to the histories of communities in struggle for justice. Mm-hmm. Those are really great libraries to be a part of. And, I mean, I think all libraries are great, but that's... um. Southern California for you and the community help nonprofits. So is that that's a, must be a nonprofit too? It's dot org. It's a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. 
I'm very happy for your success and your position. What are your plans for the future? Uh, well, my medium plans are, you know, I'd like to just stay in BC for as long as I can and, you know, just learn more about digitizing and doing the work that I'm doing there. Um, and then from there, I'm really not sure. You know, I, li- I like working at these kind of nonprofit community-based archives. That's where I work, you know, at the Southern California Library. And I've also worked at a public library, which I enjoyed, but which is a really different environment. So, um, you know, so in the future, I'm, I'm hoping that I'll be able to continue on this track that I've been on um, if I can find those opportunities. Well, I want to really thank you for calling in and taking a time out of your Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. for our digital future. This is Rakshana Singh from Visual Communications speaking with us. And do you have anything else to share with our listeners? No, not really. Um, thank you for having me on. And, um, you know, if everyone has a chance to visit BC's website or plug into the film festival in some way, that would be, I'll just promote that, put that little plug in. Oh, good. Thank you. That's vconline.org. And um, have a good rest of your day. Thank you for calling in and being our guest today. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. So that there was our special guest today. I want to thank, again, Rakshana for calling in from Visual Communications out there in the little Tokyo area. Very great location. And stay tuned for make more great public affairs programming here in KCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Next up is Nonprofits for Us, the world of nonprofit organizations with Deanne Crane, 9 to 10 a.m. hour. Great show to be back-to-back with here. Makes a lot of sense for our libraries, museums, and archives specialization public affairs program every Thursday at 8.30 a.m. That's me, busy with our digital future, spreading the knowledge of the community resources available to you. And now let's um, end the show with some Hey Mercedes. And we started off with some Braid. Thanks for listening.